What a week, Joplin. Hello and welcome to the Joplin Globe's weekly recap podcast. I'm digital editor Joe Hadsell with a rundown of the biggest local news stories that happened from the past week. Short episode this week, so let's get right to it. It's May 3, and here's what happened last week. Members of the Joplin City Council on Wednesday night dispensed with a restriction in the city's COVID-19 recovery plan to limit the number of customers that could be served in a restaurant dining room based on objections they received about that part of the plan. Many of the restrictions imposed by the city's April 6 stay-at-home order will be loosened Monday when the recovery plan goes into effect with a handful of changes made by the council. Those capacity restrictions took up a large part of a two-hour discussion Wednesday night during a meeting about the staff-written plan. The plan called for restaurants and other businesses to reopen at 25% of the capacity set for them by fire codes. But the section that applies to restaurants was more restrictive than the reopening plan introduced last month by Governor Mike Parson for the entire state. That plan doesn't set a capacity limit, but instead requires restaurants to use social distancing restrictions that keep people six feet apart. It also set a per-table limit of ten people. Joplin's plan favored a smaller number, six, at tables. A second drive through COVID-19 testing site has opened in Joplin. Tests will be provided at no cost to people experiencing symptoms. The testing also will be provided free to healthcare workers and first responders, regardless of whether they have any symptoms or not. The testing is being operated by Walmart and E-True North in cooperation with state and local officials. E-True North is a company that works with retail pharmacies to increase consumer access to tests and other medical services. Dan Pekarik, the city's health director, told the Joplin City Council on Wednesday night that the additional testing is one of the factors making it possible for the city to go into the recovery phase to reopen business and social activities. Leggett and Platt Incorporated this week notified officials of another location being hit by temporary unpaid layoffs, this one affecting 83 employees who work at its wire mill at 1225 East Central in Carthage. Those layoffs began on April 9 and, like earlier announced layoffs, quote, are intended to be temporary and last less than six months, the company said. This follows a round of layoffs affecting 422 workers at the company's Branch 1 operations, located at 229 North McGregor Avenue, and 215 layoffs at its automotive segment plant at 1460 Jackson Drive, both of those locations in Carthage. Both of those were announced last month. The layoffs are announced via Worker Adjustment and Retraining Notification Act notices filed with the Missouri Department of Higher Education and Workforce Development. In all three instances, the company said it was, quote, taking these employment actions because of COVID-19-related business circumstances that were not reasonably foreseeable. Students at Missouri Southern State University will see a 2.37% increase in their tuition when they return to campus in the fall. The new rate for in-state undergraduate tuition, which includes all mandatory student fees, will be $248.73 per credit hour, a $5.77 increase per credit hour from the current rate of $242.96. The rate was approved Thursday by the University's Board of Governors and is the maximum increase allowed under state law. 
University officials are planning to reopen the campus on May 11, although summer classes will continue to be held online. But they're hopeful that that will change in August, when the fall term begins. And finally this week, more news from Southern. The Board of Governors has announced three finalists for university president. The finalists are Frank Mac McConnell, Senior Vice President for Business and Finance at the University of North Georgia. He holds degrees from the University of Georgia, Mercer University, and North Georgia College. William Suitsui, former president of Hendricks College. He holds degrees from Princeton University, Oxford University, and Harvard University. And Dean Van Galen, Chancellor of the University of Wisconsin-River Falls. He holds degrees from Kansas State University and University of Wisconsin-Whitewater. The three finalists will visit the Southern Campus next week for a series of town hall meetings and final interviews with the governing board. All town halls will be offered in Webster Hall's Corley Auditorium, with seating limited to about 50 audience participants in accordance with social distancing practices. They will also be offered virtually through Zoom and YouTube. Each town hall session will begin with a 15-minute presentation by the candidate, followed by a 60-minute question-and-answer period. And that will do it for this week's episode. As always, I'd like to thank our subscribers. Despite Monday's lifting of a stay-at-home order, we're not quite out of the COVID woods yet. The reopening will be gradual, done in phases. So there's still plenty to report on and still plenty to know. We've covered the pandemic from the beginning, and we've offered that coverage to non-subscribers free of charge almost as long. That makes our subscribers our partners in journalism. You have effectively sponsored us and kept us able to keep our reporters attending daily briefings, finding unique stories, and asking tough questions of our leaders. If you're not a subscriber, I hope you consider subscribing. We have several options available at joplinglobe.com subscriptions, and all of them get you unlimited access to our website, e-edition, and app. If you think our print edition is filled with news, just wait until you see our website. It's constantly getting updated. See for yourself at joplinglobe.com subscriptions. I'm Joe Hadsel, and from all of us at The Globe, we hope you have a wonderful week.